0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical
1: Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I would love to I'd love to see what I would have been like if I'd done that as a teenager. Do you know, I think will a lot of the fear and, and anxiety not be severe if I'd done all that?
2: So, dear listener, I had the immense pleasure of kidnapping Killian James Fitzgerald, whilst we were both in Limerick one weekend to be interviewed for this podcast, and I use the term interview very lightly. It was a conversation amongst friends who haven't seen or truly spoken together, connected in years. A little bit of backstory, myself and Killian grew up together and the theater scene in the murk, and we, we went our separate ways, but our paths always crossed here and there. It was lovely to get to sit down with an old friend and talk the deep, philosophical, existential moments of our life, and then waffle and go on tangents, but good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, friends, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're having a good day, and the day you deserve, on the podcast we have Killian James Fitzgerald. He has been involved in the performing arts for over 20 years on and off the stage not only in acting in front of an audience or camera but he has taken many roles behind as stage manager, front of house, props manager, choreographer, producer and so much more but to be honest as Killian aptly says, all the world is a stage. So, let's get into the podcast.
1: I finished my fucking acting career. Literally walked out of the room crying. I couldn't fucking handle it. Why?
2: What? <laughs> huh? Why? Shakespeare. Oh my God. Because of Macbeth?
1: It wasn't just Macbeth. It was Shakespeare in general.
2: In general? Why? Oh, go oh, on. Just please the, tell me.
1: No, it was just the language. Do you know what I can acting it out I was like what the fuck am I saying <laughs> do you know what I mean
2: see me now like with my hands like literally I am devouted I love reading I I have books on sonnets that I will just read for fun mm. what is it about Shakespeare that kind of has that drawback for you because I have that with so many other freaking playwrights that I just cannot read
1: well for me well it's when I first approached it um, do you know always musical theatre it was always panto it was always do you know, I was um, a host or a performer, or presenter, so it was always do you know to the audience and ah, da, da, da 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 da. But then it was just like literally Shakespeare is just so serious, and then it's just the language and everything like literally <laughs> trying to. I was like in rehearsals, like literally like speak, trying to speak the dialogue, and I didn't have a fucking clue what I was fucking saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, okay Oh, stop But like, you know, it was it was during college as well So like the pressure of Every day rehearsals oh, It was like journals and the whole lesson
2: How did you find that experience Journaling? Like, I will Bring you up to my office now and you will see A full shelf of like Yeah Thick pound leather journals and you're like Stuart, what do you write in these? And I'm like, I don't know how do you find journaling for theater or acting in general?
1: Well, like since college, so I haven't really, I haven't really done a production or anything to really journal about it. Really, to that level, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So Shakespeare does that to you. It's like you need to go very introspective. Yeah.
1: But it was always kind of like, always at the start of the journal, we were like, so today we started off with the warm up, and then I'd, I'd label all the techniques and whatever we done in the warm-up and then it was all like today we did act one scene three and
2: you know it can get very i felt like (laughs) yeah you know it can get very monotonous sometimes Mm -hmm. especially with shakespeare trying to go through it and then like delving into it and then delving delving into it and then like someone's perspective has to go against your perspective but anyway killian besides shakespeare and you're loathsome for it give us an introduction to yourself okay
1: so um i'm killian performing since the very young age of eight years old and besides acting acting like musical theater is my passion um a baritone vocalist um so i've been i've always been singing and stuff like that so i enjoyed the singing part of acting as well and acting true song and uh yeah it's just since very young age of eight years old and doing christmas panto and uh tell us
2: about your bleach blonde hair and your icy blue eyes for our audience (laughs) newly single looking for a relationship
1: always oh (laughs) (laughs) um Oh, this, the blonde tie, thing it's only like a once a year, kind of a season kind of a thing.
2: <laughs> if you I, want him for the summer, friends, grab him right now because those blonde locks will be gone. <laughs> Seriously, like I have him in my kitchen because I tried to grab him as quickly as I could for this podcast. I want him on an episode and yeah, that's all I'm saying right now are those beachy blonde highlights and those icy blue eyes (laughs) but going apart from that what kind of podcast is this turning into i don't know Stuart. um tell us uh tell me friend what inspired you to embark on this beautiful journey as a performer as an actor as a musical theater practitioner where did it all begin with you
1: um well growing up um in my family um, my uncle he's not with us anymore he he died a number of years ago when I was very young, but he left Ireland when he was um nineteen so that was in like the late eighties early nineties, so he studied acting in the u k in Manchester and he was always like um he used to write a few songs as well, um not musical theatre or such, but he'd write songs. And then acting wise, studying acting and would have been uh, an extra in the background for Carnation Street and Hollyoaks and Brookside and all them. So that was for my uncle. And many years ago, when my mother was in work, um, there used to be a competition in Ireland called Tops of
2: the Town. I know this yeah go on so, Okay, so this is a very prestigious competition that was about 20-30 years ago indeed yeah so
1: it was through my mother's uh, workplace in a factory that they were in the they were in the competition and Pat McGann was the director As as we all know, Pat McGann, the costume costume maker. maker. Okay,
2: so for anyone that doesn't know, Pat McGann is a very famous costume maker here in Ireland. If you want a costume of any way, shape, or form, Pat McGann will have a version for you, or can make it for you. So here in the theater community, if you don't have it, Pat McGann's got it.
1: That's it. (laughs) So yeah, so my mother, anyway, she was she was in the tops of the town competition back then, and. Kind of, she wasn't always on the stage or performing, but like later in life, then she kind of went back to like singing, being involved in the Limerick Gospel Choir, and now um as a hobby, she's playing the ukulele. So she's kind of still kind of musically inclined. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's my through my uncle and my mother.
2: So you've had music in your family, performance in your family, yeah. s- since a very young age
1: also have sport but i didn't kind of i only done sport in school so i left that to my dad was an international rugby player for ireland so i left that to my sister so
2: (laughs) very casually saying your dad was an international rugby player he was indeed (laughs) okay and you left it to your sister so you found your interest she found hers and it was like very much against the grain of the boys like blue and the girls like pink kind of scenario (laughs) you like the music and she likes the sport Mm -hmm. i love that so what ignited the fire for you to express yourself like a family of sports enthusiasts and people who love and are devoted to music like you had a choice. What drew you to the music, to the musical, the performance side?
1: Um, well, when I was so small and young as well, like my mother used to take me to to see a show like in theater. And stuff. so the first thing I ever went to see was Pento.
2: Oh, oh gosh. Go on. Robinson what was your first Crusoe
1: p- um, with Limerick Panto Society with Martin King from Ireland AM.
2: You're showing your age there, kiddo. I know. <laughs> so that was the very first panto I ever saw. The first panto I ever saw was Aladdin. But this is where they use like a very... A sparkly costume for the genie and a bowler hat that you got from the two euro shop, and they spray painted it blue. I don't know who was in the cast. I just know it was Limerick Panto and a blue bowler hat, and I think Damien Shaw was screaming etc. etc. Sorry, that's going back, but go on anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, fine. <laughs> so yeah, um and of course,
1: in the program, as you know, you know, there's because the kids. Or like spotlight expressive arts, and we saw in the program, oh, expressive arts, theatre school, it's in Villiers. So the year after Panto, um, stage schools were so they're still so popular. But I actually had to wait a whole year to to join expressive arts as there was a waiting list. Oh wow! So yeah, so it was just going to the Panto, like, and then in the program Saying, oh, there's a the stage school, I want to go there. <laughs>
2: why very very deep very facetious question but why did you want to go do something you saw on stage because i wanted to be on stage of course you wanted like, to be on stage that,
1: that, that looks fun
2: <laughs> why did it look like fun we're going very deep here now if you don't like <laughs> this is this is stuart like going away from the questions he finds the introspective let's i suppose i just wanted to express myself <laughs> you want to express yourself with a life on stage mm. a life of performance, a life of rejection, a life of encountering obstacles but finding success within yourself and a life your of art, building confidence a life of building confidence, a life of building talent yeah. <laughs> and persistence, so could you share like a time when you faced a significant challenge for your confidence that you overcame as an artist, as a as an actor, as a theater practitioner like we face rejection on the daily mm. multiple times like when they say you need a thick skin to be an actor or a performer you need a thick skin for
1: sure um it's kind of twice really in my life um first time um i've always been involved in theater since i was eight and stage goes in stage schools and panto um there used to be a big musical theatre summer school in U- ul for years um so that was always er- i spent eight years going to that so- same summer camp and doing two uh, doing a show at the end of the two weeks but um for me um i think the older now that i've i've more experience i've went to college but there was a time even though i was in stage schools and panto I was always, for a long time, I was always kind of in the back, you know, I was kind of like in the back row, and the challenges I faced uh, as a child, um, other lads like my age and stuff, for example, there was one year doing Snow White Panto, um, we were like the 10 or, we were like 12 or 13, and we were the teenage cores, and then... The seven dwarfs we had to play the seven dwarfs and then things like this this really hurt me as a child as well that, that all the boys that were in the teenage chorus and some of the girls they all played a dwarf but I never got to play a dwarf so that was kind of that was kind of a, an upsetting time and then throughout the years um, I'm not going to mention their name now and, and everything but there was this other lad he was the same age as me and every year with auditions or if we had to read a script or if we had to sing a line of a song it was always down to the two of us mm-hmm. and they always got that speaking role they always got that singing role and I never I never got there and even I remember the last production that I'd done with them again we were like This was when we were 16, 17, and it was a a leading role. Do you know the musical Hairspray?
2: Yeah, I do.
1: So one of my dream roles in musical theatre is to play the mother. And (sighs) that same lad, for years, do you know, it was always down to the two of us. Yeah. And, of course...
2: It came down to the two of you again? It came down to the two of
1: us again, and
2: lo and behold... (laughs) Do you put that down to talent... Persistence, or just that day and there with those people.
1: Um, for me, it was fear as well. Kind of, I suppose. Um, I grew up like having a mild learning disability, so I think when it came to having Mm -hmm. to sing or do a piece of dialogue,
2: you could feel the nerves, the nerves, my
1: stomach. Um, I used to. I. What if I can't? What if I can't say the word? What if I can't say the word? So every time when I had to read a piece, and if I said the word wrong, they would always correct me and say the words. But it always used to just bring me
2: right complete, down. Right down. See, from a person who's performed with you on stage, like I've never known that. Mm-hmm. How did you overcome that type of fear or that lack of self confidence? Um, because the amount of auditions you go into, it that you could f up and flub words and still continue on like you're told continue like act as though you did nothing wrong if you're on stage you're the only one that knows you've messed up Mm -hmm. how did you get to that point um well i i still continued on for such a long
1: time and and that was still kind of happening as a young age anyway so i spent kind of years kind of um I spent kind of years kind of s- still staying in the background or just carrying on and, and that's when when I was like when I was still young 15, 12 that's when when I wasn't on stage I was working a stage crew and kind of doing other things as well
2: just to You were 15 in Limerick Youth Theatre with me Mm So you weren't backstage you were on stage I was I was working on props
1: for Faust so I was working backstage for that mm. Who
2: were you? Mm what was I in Faust? no you were topless I was you, top oh great you had a mask. thank you thank you for <laughs> mentioning that. What was Stuart's was it like a his monkey teenage or something? years? He was a shirtless masked monkey. yeah why I don't know. We just wanted to put Stuart shirtless for some reason wow it it does not sound any different to what I now get <laughs> in terms of roles oh clear um,
1: so yeah, I think what helped me though as well um growing up in when i was in school Mm -hmm. so my school show i used to be in the school shows and we we done shows like oliver so i i got to be like mr bumble um so that was like i always had like not everyone in my school had the stage or theater background so it was like for me if all the teachers or whatever Oh my god, he's glowing, he's he's well able for that. I was I was giving it my all, I was performing, and I loved it. You're in your element. I was in my element, that's the one. Um so growing up in school, like it was kind of a thing like where it was like two separate kind of areas. So when I was doing when I was in stage school or doing panto and doing shows out of school, not a, not everyone I I was going with there were in my school. Yeah. So I kind of I felt like I was more free to just... Be yourself. Just be myself and do it in school as well. So kind of school gave me the platform to be like... To gain more confidence by being
2: able to play the roles as well. Yeah. Mm. Where's that amalgamation come into? Where do you think like the panto and the stage school outside of school and then the school life? Because you're Killian, the artist... In these groups, and then you're killing the schoolboy. Yeah. In these groups, like
1: it's like it was it's nearly like two um different things. The the, the schoolboy, oh, he's full of confidence. He's all stage, he's all this. But then when I'm when I'm there, on stage, and out of school, I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: Where do you think the intersection was? where did you meet yourself halfway because that's a very that's a very draining thing mm. to be two separate people in one life do you're not what? hannah montana and you're not freaking miley cyrus no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> um
1: do you know what it's the interesting uh fact as well in story is that even when i finished school my school principal is involved in theater in their hometown as well so i kind of when i finished school i kind of got the experience I was like do you know what I'm going to go there and I'm going to and I got to play a big role in a production out there as well yeah so do you know I kind of I just, I love my hometown and whatever like that but I I still had to kind of escape from my hometown to to grow as
2: a performer you need well. to leave your home to find yourself
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> how deep and profound is that that's it where do you believe it was that a crucial piece of guidance came that supported you do you have a mentor or was there a moment in time where you were like okay i can do this i can be this person i just need to find myself hmm. For a lot of, not just theatre practitioners, but for a lot of men in general, it's a case of they might have interests outside of what they think is acceptable. And without us all being Zach Efron and Troy Bolton wanting to sing and also play basketball, for people in the arts who also that they need to be another person around their family or their friends or their school it's very hard to try and not only accept themselves but to show themselves to everyone so where do you think you found that moment in time where you were like I'm going to be my own person
1: do you know what Uh, sure? when I think about it looking back going, growing up and you never think about all that like you know At the the time you don't No no, And I think There wasn't really talk of mental health Mental health now It's in the last Decade or ten years now That we hear about mental health So me even growing up as a teenager You know Like What's that? (laughs) Um, And it was even Like the best thing for your mental health as well um, Is to journal everything Like you know your thoughts and The
2: journals that you hate doing The journals that I hate
1: doing (laughs) Well like if I, it's Shakespeare... Journals are different when, when it's about your personal life and then if you're working in theatre. But I just feel like, you know, if I was a teenager and if I was journaling as a teenager... You'd nearly get slagged, or like, mm-hmm. oh diary, like pure, you know, it you was, was a such diary? a diary. Gr- You've a diary. It oh was my such God, a g- you fucking pussy. You, you know, back then, years yeah. ago, like it was such a, a girly thing to do. Yeah. So there was no like, oh boys have diaries. Like you have a diary. Like you know what I mean?
2: No, it's a journal. It's not a diary.
1: <clears throat> yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, so yeah, I just um, I just feel like having having a journal or a diary now is just. It's just the, just the best thing to have, really, to let things go. Um, so when when you mentioned about like any mentor or stuff like that, there was always times. Um, if I was in a performance, whatever, I'd always get someone that was experienced or doing it for years, like saying like, like. Uh, did I remember? God love him now. God rest his soul. I remember um when I got the part a small part of a small farmer, um I was took aside by the late John Finn and he literally took took me aside and went through the dialogue and put on the farmer's accent and so on like that as
2: well. The farmer in Snow White yeah. <laughs> with Sarah Allen as Snow White and Nastasia Vasco mm-hmm. and Tim Cusack and John Finn. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, John Finn is a stalwart of the Limerick theater community. He is a great man, a great artist, and he will always be in our hearts. But um, he has influenced sure. so many people. Uh, the fact, the straight, the, the fact when you said like farmer, I was like, he's going to talk about Snow White. He's going to talk about <laughs> John Finn taking him aside. Oh, yeah. So. To have people like that that will take their time and give it to you the younger generation because they know they can help you along in your journey is quite an immense thing for sure so to john like taking a moment away from this podcast just thank you and to the finn family sandra breed katrina sean everyone just wow Gillian is after kicking me onto the table and Mike Finn I also give respect to you as well as part of the Finn family but we're going to move into social media and the world is like heavily influenced by social media and what comparison for young people often experience the pressures and feelings of inadequacy how can being creative be a positive way to create a self image or to practice self-love despite external noise. Let's say this whole curated sense of you need to be the perfect person online. What advice would you give or offer to someone to help them stay true to themselves?
1: Well, first of all, Stuart, um, me growing up as a young person, teenager, never had social media (laughs) because once upon a time, social media wasn't a thing.
2: Well, I don't want to show our age, but Google was only invented in... The early two thousands, Killian. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and there was still no such thing as social media back then. Oh, stop, man! We are
1: old. Yep. Yeah. Um, but me now, even as a thirty-one-year-old man, I have to sit and remember. You know, sometimes behind being behind the phone of being behind the camera for anyone that's if they're advertising something or if they're promoting something, they're putting on a smile. They're it's like putting on an act on the camera but um so that person alone they're probably suffering inside themselves and we don't know that you know it's like being on stage or being in front of the camera it's all an act you put it on so we don't know these people's struggles as well so my advice to young people is you know take the take what you get from it um don't put yourself down don't be Don't put it into a negative situation. Take some positives. But remember that, you know, behind behind it all, those people could be suffering as well.
2: Yeah. That is very profound. I don't know if anyone actually realizes this, but I only got into theater making and theater practice because of this fecker scene across from me <laughs> genuinely one day I had this chap come up to me and say do you want to audition for a show and myself and my best friend we both said yeah sure why not we didn't realize it was a panto it was a fairy tale and we not wanting to be in fairy tales and <laughs> wanting to be in massive big costumes and life so said, we're going to take the mickey out of everyone in this room and next thing we know we're cast and nearly 20 years down the line we are still in it because we love the community that it was made but it it, it just sorry that it it deviates from our last question and falls into our next question about connection and how it's so fundamental not only for personal development but a human need in each person especially for young individuals Me, I was a very lost young man and you being this very like energetic individual (laughs) coming into my life and saying you need to come here on this Sunday just to talk in front of this person and see what happens. It it changed my life. It's like a butterfly effect. (laughs) Honestly, Killian. it did. Like we didn't know each other. Yeah. At all. So understanding and support. How can one build a strong support system that nurtures their mental health and well-being? from art it's a very introspective question i'm sorry but i know but what
1: what i'm going to take from that now and what i'm going to tell you as well um with theater it's um you 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 can tell a story you can tell any story in theater you can put um you can put anything onto the stage so what that's one of the main things what i love about um theater is you can find a topic and showcase that topic And that's when, you know, when an audience comes and watches that piece, you're like, that's familiar. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's what I love. And that's the power of theatre as well. And, you know, again, community and theatre, you know, it's the bond. Everyone, it's like a family. So community and theatre is like a family.
2: Very toxic family at times when you're both going for the same roles and you're like, <clears throat> F him for getting that and I know me.
1: but for example like um do you know community theatre and studying theatre as well like you know I I, I spent years doing community theatre as well but when I when I went to college to study theatre I learned so much about myself as well and I learned about knowing that the type of actor that I am, the type of characters I can play and when I realised that then as well, it really helped in the audition process as well, because knowing the type of characters I was able to play when we got the script, I read the script and I saw, I'm going to go straight into the audition and I'm going to focus on these two characters and I'm going to play these two characters. And because these two characters, they were the type of characters that I can play as a person,
2: were they characters you could play or characters you could connect to in that space and time? Because all the world's a stage. You can play any character in any way, shape or form. We can all play the hero. We can all play the masochist and the villain mm. at some point because we've all felt that. But finding connection.
1: Well, you know what? I'm sure all the parts that I have played have been older men. <laughs> they've, been, they've been dark. They've been... Um, royal They've been <laughs>
2: What does that say about you as a person?
1: Doctors um, You know I suppose For me as a person As you were saying earlier on Like you know I'm, pure. I'm out there I'm like Oh come to this Do this But I'm, I I find myself very um, I can I can be very serious as well You know I, I know I Did- know when there's a time and place I know my P's and Q's
2: You can be very commanding. Very. Especially on the stage. You can draw attendance.
1: I can be very reserved as well. You know what I mean? So I think me being a very reserved kind of person. Play the mature. I could be. I could play the mature person. Mm -hmm. By being reserved. So maybe that's the connection.
2: (laughs) Finding the connection with the character. But. Being able to cultivate a community or even introduce people to community is a big thing like mm. I was saying you introduced me to this whole wider community than what I was used to and you kind of threw me down a path I never intended to go down well wow. how do you how do you try and draw people in to that community nowadays because back then it was a case of we were we were young lads and you were like we need other boys to be in this show. Mm -hmm. How would you draw people into the theater community? Not so much that we need more male bodies, but a case that it can help you develop as a person. Because in all fairness, theater is a great way not only to express yourself, but to look into yourself and to find yourself. Mm -hmm. I would not be the same man I am if I didn't perform would you be the same person you are if you didn't perform
1: no i wouldn't no who do you because think you- i do feel that theater really did boost my confidence to be honest so that was a big drive in in my own personal life as well mm-hmm. you know but going back to the just to finish off the community and when i was in college we all played every the group of us the whole cast each role of it we all suited each character and we were so serious about it we were so professional about it every night we we got sending ovations full houses and it, it was so powerful because we all worked so close together and the performances only went on for four nights and at the end of it we were emotionally drained we were bawling crying we loved each other so much and that's that's a family like a community it goes back to
2: the family like you were saying
1: you know what i mean and it's we all like you know there's many like and being in theater as well like you know i'm going into the topic now of straight men gay men whatever like that and i've worked um when i was studying theater as well it's not all gay men there's so many straight men involved in theater as well and because we're like a family, we're so like a unit. It's even we're all comfortable in each other's skin, mm-hmm. and you know,
2: each other's skin or your own skin.
1: A, f- a fist pump and like, well done. We were yeah. all so proud of each other, you know. And the lads, we'd be hugging each other.
2: Sexuality like, doesn't come into play. Not at all. Not You're at a all. person, an individual, for sure. And you can be yourself as that individual. Absolutely, absolutely. Why do you think we can't find that in other aspects of life that is not part of the arts? I'm going to definitely point towards sports because I remember my dad personally wanting me to be such a rugby lad, Mm -hmm. doing it for like so many years and it absolutely mentally and emotionally destroying me. And it destroyed a relationship with my father who was a very man's man Mm -hmm. until we created that connection again. But like, why can't we have that in other aspects of life or is it down to the individual? And the community like the small communities in general like familial or parental
1: i think it's definitely down to the individual but like growing up now and me being older i think generations and things have changed now in life and even so many like once upon a time i was 14 15 short Were you i was where, where are you no, but wait wait sorry. <laughs> i'm pure like open like words are coming out of my mouth but um i was wearing skinny jeans Oh, I'd I'd be slagged and bullied for wearing skinny jeans and I can tell you now straight away that there's there's boys in sport wearing tighter pants than skinny jeans back when I was fifteen and no one um bats an eyelid.
2: No, not at all. Not Do you know what not I mean? now these days, no. No.
1: And then Fashion
2: or jewellery as well completely and changed. Jewelry,
1: um I did a bit of barbering for a while a number of years ago and being in the barbers there was a long tin of hairspray in the barbers and when when the change came in like the barber had that whole tin of hairspray for like a year inside inside um, in the barbershop and all of a sudden Do you remember in the you space of two months the whole tin of hairspray w- went and now lads after getting their hair cut some lads ask to put the hair gel or the hairspray
2: in themselves (laughs) yeah because they know what they want do you remember the do you remember the influx of jersey and geordie shore and the hairspray and the as with like the quiffs and the Mm -hmm. comment i just literally looked on the table and we're both wearing extremely skinny skin jeans yeah and to be honest in the gym this morning i was wearing like very very uh, tight runner's pants and i'm just thinking yeah how like fashion has changed and the perspective of what masculinity mm-hmm. is has completely changed. Because for men, like uh you can do whatever you want now with your of body course. and look a certain way, and that doesn't have anything to do with like your sexuality.
1: And I and I think the the whole colour thing as well, like there's so many lads now wearing pink. <laughs> you can get a full pink uh tracksuit in the menswear I in. have
2: two pink suits upstairs Yeah, I have two pink suits that I will happily wear to any event <laughs> I was joking there one day
1: because I got a big bright full purple tracks uh full purple pink purpley pink tracksuit and I just had it in my head I'm like walking through town and someone looked I've, I never said it out loud but I'm like I got it in the men's apartment <laughs> you, you know what I mean
2: <laughs> do you want to know
0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: The worst thing is, now whenever I go into TK Maxx, I usually saunter around the women's department before I go into the men's because I'm like, I like their fashion a lot mm-hmm. more and their style and like all these flows. Fashion is a construct, wear what you want. It's Absolutely. Basically what We're saying be as comfortable as you want. In pursuit of like passions and dreams, it's often intertwined with your mental well-being. And we're talking about being comfortable within how you look, how you feel about yourself. But what advice would you give to young people, young artists who face discouragement or double standards along the way of a creative journey? You were talking about how You find a community in the school aspect of performing, in the stage school aspect, and in the college aspect, you found that true familial um, construct because you're all there to perform. Mm -hmm. How can we give that to a wider audience who are just coming into this? It's a very hard thing because they are still being bombarded with so many different avenues of life.
1: I think, and another thing I'm going to say as well for something like that and it's the likes of us Stuart I feel that we have to offer more of that inner and no matter where no matter where you are in your hometown it's still a lot of home places are still old fashioned still have the same template for years and now that now that I feel getting older and we see that I think now it's now there's the platform I think do you know what I'm going to offer this now because I would love to see that I'd love to see that happen you like, work
2: so much with the schools now in general like you're sure. a director you're a choreographer you're a stage manager for like all these school shows I've
1: done drama workshops with TY as well yeah you know and <laughs> some days it could be very difficult because the boys they just they, like, they, they need they, to be laughing. boys they're, they're laughing they're, they're laughing they're like not taking it serious and
2: josh and bean lads lads yeah yeah
1: (laughs) but i think it's definitely a platform that needs to be brought out there more you know what i mean
2: do you know in america they actually have curriculum where it's theater practice Mm. you will study theater and acting and all this and you will get credits for it why do you think that's not brought into um I want to say European schools, but I can't speak for anything outside of Ireland. Why do you think it's not here in Ireland?
1: Well, it's almost here, I think, anyway. Drama is definitely—it's like PE as well. I think PE is starting to come in for the leaving certs, and and drama, I think, is really starting to come in now as well.
2: Do you think so? Have you seen it in schools? Watch,
1: watch the space. Um, not not with schools anyway. In general, not there yet. is um, like you know
2: drama studies
1: the drama studies like you know they, like, you know it, there's music in schools now and everything you do music exams and stuff but at the moment with schools like you know you, you do your um, school show or a school play or when I was doing the when I was doing the drama workshops there recently in a school that was all part of a cultural week so they done a bit of TV and film they done stage I was doing the drama as well you know what I mean But um, it's definitely, there has been like drama and education programs now starting to come out now as well. And I definitely think it's going to be part of a school curriculum.
2: Yeah. Do you think we need more of those types of arts incorporated into our, I don't want to say younger generations, because I always feel like we're the older, more decrepit people Mm. and we're not, we're still young, we're feisty, we're, we're energetic, but with the development of God, I have to say, the younger generation, the arts is such a leeway for people to find themselves a lot quicker than growing 10 years of walking through the mist as we have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. Do boys cry? Like, are we allowed to cry? Absolutely. Why? Why should we cry? We're the men. We're the caregivers. The We're
1: as I say, things things have changed. Like, and I've, I've actually witnessed um, through theatre. Like, you know, I've I've witnessed, um, you know, they r a sporty person and their first time ever on stage, and then the last night, you know, they had tears coming out of their eyes, and and that was an, uh, that was another reason why. That was my first uh school production, me like working on a school show and when I saw that I was like, Yes, I definitely want to do this seeing things like that kind of like,
2: you know. Let's do school productions, we can make grown men cry.
1: I don't know, but like, you know, it's it's something that um <laughs> it's their first time experiencing it and That overwhelming being,
2: sense of emotion.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know.
2: Do we need that? Do we need to be um like open to those types of feelings at such a young age?
1: For sure. Like, you know, it's we have to um, we have to express ourselves anyway, and we can't be bottling things up, you know what I mean? So it's definitely just to release it all out, you know, happy tears, sad tears.
2: <laughs> Between the tears, how can we stay focused to maintain a healthy mindset? Because Like being bombarded with so many emotions as a performer, you allow yourself to feel not only your own feelings, but the character's feelings in that Mm -hmm. particular moment in time. As a younger person, you're feeling not only your own feelings, that particular character in time and also everything else you're developing. And then on top of all that, be you an adult, a youth, adolescent, you're also going to feel the trials and tribulations of life. How can you maintain a healthy mindset whilst being a narcissist in any way, shape or form, no matter what level your career starting or being a stalwart?
1: Um, You know, Stuart, uh, for for what I do now, if. I'm sorry I didn't like I never even thought about doing this years ago. And so if I was a teenager. If if I was to say to, to my teenage self, What I'm doing now, I'm like, yeah, I I should definitely do that. So, what I would say is like, you know, the meditation or the journal writing things down. I'm sorry I didn't do that as a teenager, to be honest. Um,
2: I need to show you my journals after this,
1: mm, (laughs) you know. And what will I said? Obviously, I'm not asking you to make a hazard, but write things down and. Set it up my light. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> and as an older person, obviously, but no, just write things down and take time out for yourself. You know, you, we all, everything's all such a high, 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 high. But we need to calm down. We need to sit back, relax, take it all in and reflect. And I would love to, I'd love to see what I would have been like if I'd done that as a teenager. Do you mm-hmm. know, I think, Will a lot of the fear and and anxiety not be severe if I'd done all that? Because, you know, writing things down and meditating, that would reduce and take away a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. Do you think so? 100%.
2: Then can I ask you a question? For everything you've been through in your life, all the trials, the trauma, the tribulation, would you change any of it? But if you were to change something, it would change the person you are today. Can you think of a moment in time that you wish never happened? But if that never happened, then everything, every day, every second, every year afterwards, never happened. And that means you would not be seen in front of me today. This isn't my question. This is um, from um, a very influential person called Mo Gawat, And he says... Who would you be if you weren't you?
1: You know what? Um, I'm, I'm not too sure, really, but I can tell you one thing. That I did a lot of overthinking um, as a young person. And, you know, with overthinking, I'm like... I'm thinking with other people, like, oh, they're talking about me behind my back. They, they probably weren't. <laughs> but that's that was always in my in my brain like you know what i mean and that that would take a lot out of me as well
2: that spotlight effect you think other people are looking at you and when they look at you they're judging you and when they judge you they're constantly talking about you oh i felt
1: that for a long long time Hmm. so if i if i was aware of it back then and if i the young person i'm not saying Back then, back in our days, well, like, you know, there was no mental health. There was no nothing about this. I didn't really know about, oh, you should do meditation.
2: There was none of that ever said to me. Or the people that did say it, you were thinking, no, that's not for me. That's that's too out there. I think that would have really made me relax a
1: bit. And I think it would have made me relaxed and it would have stopped the overthinking. And I think if I had that, maybe I could have been the person... That got to, as a young person, maybe I could, I would have got all those parts or that I had a speaking part growing up when I didn't, you know.
2: But, but you're still so phenomenally talented. Like, I will never sing in a room with you. Like, you are so, <laughs> God, genuinely, you are, you are such a talented performer. But, and I hate to make this very personal, like, the only shows we ever performed were Panto together. mm I never was able to be near you or in a room with you because I always felt you were judging me. What? (laughs) You and your group of friends. I always felt like the outcast in the Panto. And I asked you to join. And you're the the one who introduced me to Panto and I always felt it was like, yeah, I'm on the outside always looking in. Oh, no.
1: See, this is what I mean earlier on about the whole social media thing. You don't know what other people are going through. Do you know what I mean? So, and then I was, never thought about that, let me tell you. I was thinking
2: what people were <laughs> thinking about me. <laughs> and it's crazy. The spotlight effect for you yeah. is different from the one for me. And we both think each other is like thinking of the other person and judging and commenting mm-hmm. on them. And it, it never really happened. No. But we weren't comfortable enough in ourselves to acknowledge it and try and process it at the time. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very toxic cycle to get out of. This is a, and that's a very
1: interesting thing, like, now that we are aware of that and know that, we can't
2: go back and say that to ourselves back then. We can never change that. No. Could you imagine if we had a friendship back then, what would it be like? Killian, what are you doing? I don't know, Stuart, shut up, just learned the dance moves I, <laughs> for the record anyone who is listening i never learned the dance moves for any of the performances that i had to dance because i was always in the back row and i was very comfortable in saying there is someone much better in front of me i don't need to try That's as hard yeah. yeah it's crazy that kind of commentary isn't it because Mm. like you were always so talented you were always one of the ones who would get the mic and get the role instantaneously when you walked in the room
1: i didn't feel like that though did you not (laughs) no really no because i always had so so many there's you know
2: I, i have been through what in the last five years alone you have finished college you've done like over in England the studying you've gone internationally I lived in London
1: for a month to, to be an entertainer in Spain yeah but I can tell you Stuart I haven't I haven't really been my true performer self in my own hometown yet I feel and you know going back to fear and everything like this when I the last few times I performed in my hometown I was over thinking everything things happened on stage I mortified myself live on stage
2: um, did you ever rip your pants on stage and have the granny in the front row go he's not wearing any boxers Well, I, can t- I was wearing boxers by the way granny if you're ever watching this, sorry go on
1: well it wasn't ripped shorts but what I can tell you was that in Hello Dolly being the waiter the big dance Hello Dolly number the apron and the moustache all fell off Um, That was one time Then there was another time When I was a waiter With fake plastic wine glasses With blue tack stuck on the tray The blue tack didn't stick And and they all fell And that's happened Um, Someone sabotaged you um, Also on stage embarrassing um, Where I was a king And literally called My son, the prince My daughter Son that's the way I was on stage and things like that. I'd run off the stage and I'm like, <gasps> I would choke. Um, everything, that has all happened to me in my hometown. Uh, also my hometown, the last the last adult production I'd done in the musical society, when I had that bit of singing role, my anxiety, everything, um, I was kind of off with the time of the music and I was overthinking and I went into a mood of like, I know it, I know it. And I was telling everyone like, I can't do it, I, I, I can't do it. But I, my brain thought I can't do it. And I was going into the mood. I was angry with myself. And they all saw that. And that embarrassed me. Um,
2: because you're in your hometown.
1: And then also, there was a time when I was, we did a, a competition, a show competition a number of years ago. And I had a solo part in the, it was a big chorus number, and there was a few of us, like five of us, in the front row. And there was a, a section in the song where I got a singing piece. And once upon a time, I did have the habit without even realizing. When I was singing, my hand was kind of moving or rocking, and the choreographer from the audience. I'll chop off that hand. I was listening to that. Or if you do that one more time, I'm taking it off you. So I've been true. <laughs> I've been through all that and... But you're saying that for your hometown. That's happened in my hometown. So I've never... Like, you know, since I've finished College Town, since I've been the performer. um, Like, you know, I performed last week in my hometown and there was two or three people there that I was like, oh, I didn't expect them to be there. And they were like, it's my first time here. And you're saying, oh, my God. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Why does this section of the world this tiny little speck on a tiny little island on a tiny little peninsula in this corner of europe matters so much Mm. no 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 genuinely like if you think that all these moments are like flubs and they're 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 what happened to like so many performers in every aspect in every life it's embarrassing
1: and you think you'd never get anything because of those situations that happened you know and that whole like my the prince my my son my daughter I haven't done a, a show with him since <laughs> you know what I mean
2: <laughs> was this Cinderella mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to call it out Cinderella oh Limerick Panto when oh, I Limerick. fell on stage during the finale
1: yeah but you, your character you were able to get away with it
2: I fell flat on my face this is the this is the show that I ripped my pants and the grandmother thought I wasn't wearing underwear in the front row George, yeah, um, screw the aspect of like holding one certain area higher than anything else.
1: Still in my brain, though. I was able to tell you about that and that was 2015.
2: You're showing our age again. Stop yeah. showing our age, man. <laughs> it's it's these moments that we kind of hold on to for no way, shape or form than just to say we can do better than this at some point. Yeah. Mm. For sure. Have you done better than that? Have you stopped calling your son your daughter? Have you stopped dropping your wine glasses? I have. Tell us about Spain. Like, that must have been some experience. And challenging. Challenging. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, because all I saw was like the singing videos and the highlights.
1: Daytime was activities and host and table quiz master and the whole lot every day. Aqua fitness in the pool, performing at night. But it was the whole rehearsal process, um, four weeks. That like, must be been intense. The productions are an hour long. One production alone would have like nine costume changes in the one hour show. And it was four main productions and we had four weeks in the studio. So it was one show a week. A week. And then by Wednesday, you had to have it all off. And then by Wednesday, they're telling you, listen to next week's show and do, 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 do. (laughs) You know, I was like,
2: oh, my God. They gave you the, not so much a crash course in what it's like to be on a professional, like, West End Broadway theatrical stage. But it was definitely a crash course in... We're going to do so many things in one space that when anything comes your way, it will not faze you anymore. Yeah, because it was
1: a West End choreographer and everything, so.
2: I remember you telling me this. Mm. So where did you mess up during this that's now stuck with you? When I say mess up, I mean, where did you learn during this?
1: Oh my God, it was exhausting. I was falling asleep on the tube home. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? It's going to happen. Do you know it's like a big build up like you're all, I'm always going to, I feel like I'm always going to have a build up when it comes to something anyway but when it happens it happens you know i could i could be doing something and i'm like obsessing about it and but it's done it's done i'm like it happened <laughs> you know what i mean so
2: <laughs> so Going away from the community aspect, someone who does want to be a performer, what advice would you give them when they want to audition for stage schools, for community theatre, for professional theatre, for theatrical institutions? What would you give the young performer today?
1: What would be a massive help um, if the group or stage school, if they tell you, have this prepared or have that prepared? It's not a big, huge thing,
2: but two. This is going to be the musical practitioner practitioner um, goes up against the theatrical practitioner right now. We've two different sides of the same stage about to give advice. You'd say have. Well, like I'll tell you, and don't over
1: panic anyway, because myself, I, I had an audition last week. And I was given the script and everything a week before, but I didn't learn off the script. But I, I read the script, and I was still able to have it in my hand, but I was able to kind of still be confident and look up. So never fear that you actually have to have all this text learned off. But you just have to be familiar with it. Um, but singing-wise, as a singer, of musical theatre, like you know, know the song anyway. You know what I mean. But always pick a Always pick a song that you're comfortable with or know because what made made the audition easier for me last week was out of the two songs, I picked one that I completely knew. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I spent more time focusing on the other song. So this is, when I say be prepared, it's such a
2: big help and it would make a difference. For your repertoire, Mm -hmm. you can just pull something out. And that would actually be my advice because I had an audition there last week where I had the sides exact same as you as a script. I I learned what I needed, but I didn't learn the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I was comfortable with it. But then all of a sudden they just asked, you know, can you give us a monologue? And I was able to pull something out that I was comfortable that I just had in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. When you want to go for something in the arts, always have one or two pieces that you are comfortable to have at the drop of a hat. And you'll be surprised how many times it will save you in terms of an audition or a callback, because it not only shows, you know, your range, it will show the fact that you're dedicated. For sure. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. One hundred percent.
1: And, you know, because even when I was in college, you know, you had to learn so much. And I and I had to I had so little time as well to learn these pieces. But when I think about it now, I'm not going to remember them straight away. I'm going to have to go back over them. I'm going to have to read them again, but then they will they will kick in. But you have to remind me now. I actually have to go over some stuff <laughs> <Do you laughs> just to have, f- have just to have them, like you know.
2: How many times are we talking about self tapes now, as well? I know. Let's let's have a quick conversation about those. Mm, I hate them. <laughs> you hate them. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Mm. Why do you hate them? Um, I'm about to do a whole series on social media about self taping, so I'd love your perspective.
1: Again, for me, it was fear. Um, you know, a small, simple email of bullet points of what you need to do, I'd over panic and think it's even bigger than what it needs to be. Um, yeah, it's just me being judgmental of myself, or, you know, if I'm on my own, I'm just pressing the play on the camera myself. I'm like did I get it did I do you know what I mean
2: how do you find about the fact that you can press play and then press pause and then restart the whole thing if you don't like it it's not an initial audition with everyone sitting in front of you you have that one power I feel
1: I feel like though there's any any time when I have recorded a self tape I try just to go from start to finish and not edit a thing okay you know what I mean The only time I'd edit, if it's sectioned, you know, introduction, section, then your piece. Oh, yes. You know, that's the only time you'd see me edit. Okay. Because even for a singer, though, as well, it's best, if if you have to sing on camera, sing the whole song. Singing is completely different. You can't chop and change. (laughs) You
2: know what I mean? Unless you have multiple cameras for the one take. (laughs) Yeah. That I get as a... As a theatre practitioner, I love trying to self-tape and developing the character beforehand. Taking a take, retaking a take, and then trying to create that little... Even that 20 seconds for the audition piece, Mm. but then developing on something and creating my own piece. I put up something recently on social media where I put on a full thing of makeup. I put on a set of the tempest aerial mm. that was for an audition I think maybe six or seven months ago oh, wow. and I did the piece and then like three hours afterwards I took my camera and I was like I'm gonna do the full the full scene mm. and I just created this one thing not only to develop on a self-tape but to develop on my my craft as a singer you must do that constantly maybe not with self-tapes but you're constantly practicing, practicing you're vocal constantly warm-ups tuning, tuning. yeah Vocal warm-ups, tell me about those, because my car would, if, if my car had ears, it would hate me. <laughs> Anytime I drive, a vocal warm-up, a trill, you know, trying to work on my vibrato, mm-hmm. I'm still very flat and pitchy all the time, but like, what do you do for vocal warm-ups to get yourself comfortable?
1: I always, um, even when I, was, when I was performing in Spain as well, every night, without fail, performance, there was a vocal warm-up. And myself and the girls, we would, through the rehearsal process every morning, we we done vocal warm-ups with our musical director and we recorded them.
2: Vocal warm-ups with the musical director and then the, the hosting and then the aqua aerobics and then the performance. Jesus, okay. Mm-hmm. Dang.
1: Um, and every night... Without fail, our sound check. You know the sound check. Oh, do this, do this. We're finished. Our sound checked. We've done a full run through of the show.
2: Without costume change, though.
1: Did we do? We did do it with costumes as well. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 those one-hour productions are so scary. Because they were so scary because it's so hot, and there's only three of us. Um, if and one it thing goes wrong, well piece harmony. Like I was the only male vocal line. So I had a harmony. The girls had harmony. Um, And the challenging thing is changing your costumes. Because if the girls are on stage singing, I'm getting changed. If I'm on stage, they're getting changed. It's all boom, 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 boom.
2: Behind stage or would you have time to go to like a dressing room or a different room?
1: Our dressing room was literally behind the curtain. (laughs) So, but we we had a stage anyway. We had our own. Dressing rooms at the side.
2: Ah, those little wings on the side of the mm-hmm. stage. Yeah. Do you ever remember, and I know I'm going back to Panto now, when um, the two sisters in... You did Beauty and the Beast, did you? I did. The first Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it was With Emma O'Driscoll and um, Micheline. Yeah, I was, As, I was the butcher. You were. Do you ever remember the two sisters getting changed behind the... Sure.
1: this is a podcast.
2: Game change? No, nope. like this is theatre game changed on stage behind a screen on the stage. Like literally, they would be in their sister's costumes and they they had to get changed into their Be Our Guest costume because it was Beauty and the Beast. Literally, it, that's the way theatre goes. If you have a screen or a sheet, that is your changing room for the next scene. Oh, absolutely. That's the way it goes in theatre. Yeah. Or um, Sheena Murphy. I love Sheena Murphy.
1: I've had to st- change on stage behind the set once as well.
2: Oh, did you have a house though?
1: It was a wardrobe. It was the it was a leaden so the so it was like a, it's a wardrobe thingy. Oh thingy. gosh,
2: yeah. I remember one time um, we were doing a show in Thumbling Park, and I was wearing Miles Breen's shirt. Now Miles Breen is about four sizes smaller than me, so I felt very bulky and big and strong in that shirt until I realized my wrists didn't fit into the sleeves. Mm. So trying to get it off was terrible. And then Sheena Murphy had to basically strip me side of the stadium and change me because I wasn't able to do it myself. It's it's crazy what That's you do for business. theater. That is show business. Yeah. How can you stay focused and maintain a healthy... M- Sorry, we went so off topic but how can you stay focused
1: dropping the whole lot
2: (laughs) let them let them how do you maintain a healthy mindset when pursuing this artistic aspiration because like there's so much that goes into it not only personally but then professionally on the outset and also the stuff you have to do at the time
1: my best friend is a yoga match as well by the way even when i was in spain before a show I'd nearly meditate and lie down on that yoga mat.
2: Yeah. Keep yourself so, grounded. Mm-hmm. Going back to the journaling and trying to ground yourself yeah. in the moment. And I did a lot
1: of that on the beach as well, looking up at the moon. Um, In Spain, it was lovely.
2: After a show, before a show?
1: After, yeah.
2: With that energy in you or deplete it? Oh, to please it.
1: Just the thing about show business as well, like, you know... You run such a high, and then when it's all over, it just drops.
2: What do you mean by high? I'm getting very it's such deep a, again.
1: No, it's a high, it's a buzz, like, woo, I'm performing, and then it's over, bang, shut. Because you just, it's like.
2: Your movements are very interesting because. You're, <laughs> no, 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 I'm no, all hands. hands. No, 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 because your hands are going up, yeah, as yeah. in you're performing. Whenever I talk about performing, my hands go out. You're talking about your energy goes into the space. I'm talking my energy goes to you. Your energy goes to the audience and you give yourself to the audience and you try to entertain, you try to emote, you try to make them feel. And it does drain the person, the performer, individually. Mm -hmm. And you replenish that by basically, basically stopping and filling your cup again. You look at the moon on a yoga mat at the beach, which sounds beyond picturesque, I must say it was lovely i curl into the fetal position under my bed (laughs) so everyone for their own i guess what closing words would you give or what message of hope and encouragement can we share to individuals who will be listening to this podcast wisdom what would you want to leave people to navigate their journey towards mental well-being in the artistic field, forum, world, this freaking madness of stripping behind the stage, on the stage while other people are performing into your knickers and into your (laughs) next suit.
1: I would say at all times, be creative. So even if you're going through a period of when you're not performing, if you don't have auditions, or if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that create 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 make up your own pieces um sometimes I'm like some there was things I you know there's things I want to do in life and there's like you know I I have a bit of event management in the background and I've put on events but I wanted to I wanted to do it and I've said the only the only way I'm going to get to do it is by doing it myself so that's what you have to do Like, you know, if it's a two minute video, do a bit of improv, turn on the camera and speak to the camera yourself. Do you know, that's being creative. So that's my, uh, that's my message.
2: What advice would you give to gain an agent? We had two different experiences, gain an agent. I was rejected by over 50. You got one and like you've been with (laughs) them ever since.
1: Well, I have sent messages to other agents and they've never replied. But um you know it's just uh you have
2: build up build a profile um build your ability build to showcase someone absolutely how um, did you get your agent in the end like when when did you get your a- agent yeah should i say it was it was difficult
1: because you know when i graduated i never got to do my graduation production because we went into lockdown and COVID. but it was all through um it was all through lockdown and uh just Ireland I- Irish agents and found the agent and
2: trying to find one that would help you in your sphere right now for,
1: for sure yeah Um and I'm, I'd be lost without my agent I absolutely that experience in Spain last year was all thanks to my agent as well yeah Um yeah so when I when I contacted them and everything, I I wrote a big whole email. <laughs> I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this.
2: And... The spiel with the resume and the headshot and yeah. the little show reel. Uh, I'm the exact same in terms of it happened during lockdown. I was trying to develop myself as an artist and I found someone, they connected with me, and we've been working together ever since and they've given great opportunities. But you need to be aware of the rejection, don't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's just like an audition. Like, these people want the best that they want to represent. They want to represent people who are going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I want to close off with talent versus being a hard worker. What do you think? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> that's a very tough one because you. Can... I, th-
1: I think I would. Personally, i i I consider myself a hard worker anyway, and being the hard worker would make myself talented because I suppose I'm doing the work. Uh-huh. You, you, you have to do the work to get the work. Um. So, you know, it's I've been I've been performing since I was eight years old. You know, so it's just a build up.
2: Yeah, a build up of what.
1: Performing, performing, performing. Your ability.
2: It's not your performance; it's your your ability ability. as an artist. Yeah. What are you building up, Killian?
1: (laughs) My ability. (laughs) (laughs) That's it.
2: (laughs) Everyone, this has been Killian James Fitzgerald. He has come on to talk about the persistence, the living a life of a dream. So, to Killian, I want to say just. Thank you for thank you for being stolen away. I guess, because this was meant to be online, and then I just I dragged him to my house and I was like, "We're going to do this in person, mm-hmm. and just see where it goes." And we had about a we should have recorded the first 40 minutes of this conversation because it was funny, <laughs> filled with filled with gossip, but Kaen, thank you for coming on the podcast today.: Thank you, Stuart. Guys, to everyone, I want to say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are in the world. I hope you have a good day, the day you deserve. This is Stuart. Let's talk soon, okay?